Welcome to In The Moment Live. I am Janine Rotter. I've spent the past decade educating clients through my one-on-one personal coaching programs and online nutrition courses. My work has been published in health and fitness articles, Oxygen Magazine, and many Arizona-based media outlets. Today, I am empowering women to live their best lives in the moment. Each week, you will find me here with an exciting new guest or solo where no topic is off limits, bringing unique life experiences to the table live and in the moment. Meet with me every week for in-depth hot topic sessions where no topic is too taboo. In the moment live, we talk about health and wellness, sexuality, intimacy, and spirituality, and how they all connect together for the most powerful and meaningful life. I encourage you to join us during our live sessions and to submit your topic ideas for a chance at it being the main topic in the moment, plus the opportunity for you to be coached by me live one-on-one. This is In The Moment. Okay, welcome to In The Moment. Tonight, we are talking about confidence and what is confidence. Um, Glad to have you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us live. Super excited to have this be our second session and having everybody here tonight. Um, This is a big one. Confidence affects everybody. And what I want to talk tonight about is, um, you know, the difference between confidence and ego, which go hand in hand. It's kind of interesting how you think about that, but confidence is behaving in a way that gives us self-respect, self-love, self-gratitude, and um, something that makes you feel like you've impressed yourself other than trying to impress others. That's where the ego steps in and um, can really play tricks with you. So for example, when you're in a conversation with someone, do you find yourself having to tell them what you do for a living, how much you make, um, how successful you are, what you drive, how big is your house, how much is your house worth, right? So that is ego. And ego is not a good thing, right? So when we hear people talk like that, you typically, um, I don't know about you, but I I just get a really dirty feeling. Um, I don't like people that flaunt and do that. Um, But self-confidence, when that is self-confidence, right? You don't need to justify what you do to other people. You feel good about what you're doing and you don't need that self-gratification of telling people what you do, um, how much money you make, what cars you drive. So that's the main difference is tapping into inner confidence, knowing how you feel inside and knowing that you have that self-respect and self-love versus that egotistical side. Um, A lot of people get that mixed up and it's hard. It's hard to win in a conversation with someone if you find that You know, they're sitting there saying, I do this, I do this, I'm educated in this. And you've right away, you want to say, oh, well, I did that too. I'm educated in this as well. And that's the ego trying to be competitive with that other person. So it's a good thing to tap in, take a deep breath. And when you notice it happening, 
right away, you're going to say, wow, I didn't realize that that's my ego speaking. I thought I was just trying to be competitive or um, talking in a conversation, but that's the main difference between confidence and ego. And um, it's interesting when you understand the two, how often you hear other people doing it. Um, just the other night we were at an open house and one of, it happened a couple of times, actually, several people were bragging about what they do, how much they make, how much money they have. And my husband came back and he said, I was so upset, really. He didn't say upset wasn't the word he used, but he was like, I was, it was disgusting to hear them talk about bragging about how much money they have and how much, you know, just ego, right? So he noticed it right away, um, but he didn't realize that that person is doing that because they don't have the self-confidence, right? They don't feel comfortable sitting in the moment and talking to people and being self-assured that it doesn't matter how much we have and people don't care, right? They really don't care when it comes down to it. They don't care how much you have. They don't care how much you're worth. And if they do, they're people that you really don't want to be around. So when you tap into that and you recognize it happening, it's really awesome to sit back and say, wow, this is what she was talking about, right? We have the ego coming up versus confidence. And when you can sit back and say, I don't have the desire to tell these people how much I make and how, you know, all of these things that the ego wants to say to be impressed by that other person. It's nice when you can realize and recognize, I feel comfortable listening. So we're going to tap into that a little bit later, but I wanted to ask you guys, um, do you ever have it happen? And do you do it, right? So start in the Q&A. This is, again, it's me solo. So I would appreciate you guys giving me a handout here and um, talking to me. Um, this is my first solo session. So it's kind of blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, start asking some questions and just tell me, has it ever come up for you? Do you do it? Because I'm the first to say I do it. Um, you know, I just got back from a woman's retreat and the first and a lot of the stuff that came up with me was education. And so I find myself getting very protective of um, my kids and myself and my husband for that matter, when people feel like you are not worthy or you don't have the means to say or uh, act if you're not educated. And um, so I really tapped into that during the retreat and it was amazing what I found out because it's all me, right? No, no one cares where I went to school. No one cares uh, the college education that I did, that I have, or I don't have. It was coming from me. And when I really opened that up, it was like, oh my God, I have been withholding that from myself. And I just cried and cried. And it was I just let, I was able to let that release out. And it was, what was really amazing is it happened while I was there with another woman and she um, said something about someone that I love very much. And 
um, said, you know, oh, she, she can't do that. She's not educated. And I got protective and my ego stepped in to protect this person I love. And it was interesting that when I realized what was happening after the ego took over, I was like, oh my God, she set me up for the trap. I fell for it. And watching that play out of the mirror, because I do a lot of mirror work and I'll touch on that if you guys want me to, but I, I held that mirror up and I was like, holy shit, the, the protection mode was for me as well. And um, it's interesting when you're interacting with people, how people communicate. And it all has to do with ego and confidence and the difference between the two. And it's amazing when people have confidence, how they act. And that's what we're gonna get into tonight. Um, yeah, this is really eye-opening. I love it. Yes, I've done it when I feel insecure about something about myself. I just never realized it was my ego. Yeah, it it's crazy because when you're in the moment doing it, right? You're thinking it, 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 it totally feels like protection mode. But for me, it just feels dirty afterward. It's like, oh my God, why did I say that? Um, didn't feel right. It, it was gross. It was dirty. It didn't feel right. And now that you're aware of it, you're going to see it happen time and time again, and you're going to see it and recognize it in other people. And knowing the difference, right, that we're only as good as the knowledge we have, that they're insecure. And that's why they're feeling that they have that need to tell you where they went to school, how much money they make, what cars they drive, right? Who cares? I mean, really, people want to know what's in here and how you treat them. And there is that saying of, um, you know, do unto others as you want done to you and treat others with kindness. And there's so many out there, but it's just so true that, you know, people really don't care what you have. People care how you treat them and people don't care what degree you have. People care if you love them. People care if you're kind to them. So, um, yeah. Um, she's saying that after I, after I feel embarrassed and it will be good to start practicing this. Yeah. So that's what tonight is about, right? Is it's just bringing us into our confidence because I'll tell you what, if someone says they're the most confident person, they're probably the least confident. Um, we all have confidence. It's, it's a daily, daily practice that we have to reel in and we can't let that ego take over. So thank you guys for dropping in. You're helping me a lot here. So um, living through the ego is what sets us up for not feeling great. And I discussed that, right? It's that that dirty sensation. It's the, oh my God, why did I say that? They don't care. Um, it doesn't feel good when we talk about me all day, right? It's talking about you. How do you feel today? What's going on with you? Um, confidence versus ego. Confidence is self-respect. Um, if you can't respect yourself, right? Others aren't going to respect you either. And if you can't love yourself, how are others going to love you? And we're going to talk, we're going to dive into that when we talk about sexual relationships tonight. Um, but you will never be confident if you don't have self-love and self-gratitude for yourself. And when you can really accept who you are and not necessarily how good you are at something, right? 
So there again, it's when you're telling people how good you are and how much money you make versus someone else telling you, oh my God, you're amazing. You did this amazing thing and you're humble about it and you're able to remain humble and you don't have that desire to go off and tell everybody how wonderful you are and how much you did and how successful you are. So that's confidence, right? I don't feel it necessary to go out. I'm humble and I feel good inside about what I do. So again, real confidence is respecting yourself, your behavior, your mindset, and your thoughts and reeling those in when in public. Um, we're going to talk about the social aspect, the business aspect, and in the bedroom. It all comes down to self-confidence and how you feel in here. So today we're diving deep into those three topics, socially, the workplace, and in the bedroom, and how these tools that I'm sharing with you tonight are going to give you that foundation to help you build your confidence in all aspects of your life. Um, all the tools can be intertwined socially in the workplace, in the bedroom. So that's what's really great about this, because it comes back to self-gratitude and self-love. So that inner confidence comes from within. We've discussed that. Um, there's nothing you can do externally to get inner confidence. You can't change your hair. You can't change the clothes you wear. You can't change. You can't whiten your teeth. You can't do all these things that is going to give you inner confidence. That is, that's work. That's practice. That's meditation. That's prayer. That's however you find it. Um, spiritually to do the work. And it's interesting how someone chimed in saying they'd love to hear more about the mirror work. We, okay, we'll get to that tonight. So um, it, it's just crazy how we try to change it, right? We try to change our confidence by if I wore this I'm gonna look amazing for my job. If I lose 10 pounds, I'm gonna look amazing for this event. If I change my hair color, my husband's gonna notice me because he loves blondes, right? No, that is not true. The confidence comes, it radiates from within. So it doesn't matter what color of hair you have, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. There, are, it's energy. When you walk into that room, people sense it, they gravitate toward it. When there, there are plus size women that when they walk into the room, you look and you're like, holy shit, who is this woman? She carries herself. She's proud. Again, she's not egotistical. She's not ranting and raving about how much money she makes. She's not throwing her Louis Vuitton purse around. She's, she's genuine and you can feel it. It's energy that we comes out of us, right? And that is the energy that everyone feels when they're around you. We are energy beings and people feel that. They're gravitated toward it. Just like when someone with an ego steps into the room, we feel it, right? We feel that, oh my God, something bad just happened and I'm not sure what it was. But if you scope out the room and you're at a social event, you can spot that person, right? Their, their, their demeanor is weird. They're, they're arrogant. They're carrying themselves. They're... Um, you can just tell, you can sense it. And the more practice you do, the more you connect to that energetically. And that's what's amazing is you 
the more practice you do, the more you, the better you're going to get. It's in, it's interesting. I'll be driving down the interstate, pass a truck driver. One is not, not a big deal. The other one, I just, I get cold chills down. I get the full shiver. And even though I'm not in the same room with him, I'm sensing his energy and it's not good. So it's really cool when we can tap into the universe and use that energy to our advantage. Like animals, it's our animal instinct, fight or flight. Is this a good person? Is this a bad person? And when we listen to that, you'll see the egos come out. You will be able to pick them out in a heartbeat. Um, and I'm gonna tap into telling you how to pick those people out if you can't sense it automatically. So um, what you need to do is when you're confident in that deep feeling inside, right? It's, if you're needing to check yourself, you can always ask powerful questions. So we're gonna go in and how we can do that, but let's go into the social confidence, right? Tools that can help you in a social setting. Again, these are just more tools that I can guide you that will give you a, a check and balances. It's work that has to be done inside. So be aware of your body language, right? We walk into a room, are your shoulders slouched? Is your head dropped? Are you not making eye contact with people? These are all things that speak volume when you walk into a room. People can immediately tell, just like in a wild animal setting, right? Horses know the weak ones, right? They, they carry, they gate themselves differently. They act differently. So they're picked on. They're picked on by the herd. So the alphas eat them alive while the others get pushed away, right? They're the weak of the herd. So, but it's how they're carrying themselves because they're not confident. And same with humans. We walk in shoulders back, right? Standing straight body language, confidence, right? You may feel like shit inside and you may, your heart might be racing and you might be going, I don't know what she's talking about. That doesn't happen. But as soon as you stand up straight, put your arms back, that energy comes in to the chest. We're opening up that heart chakra, giving that energy to the heart to say it's okay, right? Calm, shoulders back arms crossed like this, right? What's going on? I'm really guilty of this. And um, tell me what you're practicing right now, Brenda. I'd love to hear it. Um, yeah, interact with me guys. Um, so arms crossed, we're sitting here, arms crossed. I'm gonna stand for this. I hope I don't, well, I, I can't, I'm gonna lose you, but arms crossed, right? I'm guilty. I'm sheltering, I'm protecting, I'm nervous. And I always have to drop my arms consciously and say, stop guarding yourself. What are you guarding? What are you protecting? Why are you not allowing people in? Someone told me it years ago that you, when, you're, when your arms are crossed or where you're like this, you seem unapproachable. So that has always stuck with me. It's like, drop your arms, let people approach you, shoulders back, right? The fun thing about this practice 
is palms facing forward is opening you up to coming in, energy coming in. Palms pace, facing backward can be grounding energy. So if you're feeling you're in a social setting and you're like, hey, I'm willing for people to connect with me, mess around with it. If you're at home, stand up. Let's do this practice together. You can stand up, practice palms out, right? We're gonna stand up, palms facing out. And I want you to feel that energy opening up into your chest, breathing that in. And now I want you to face your palms to the back of the wall or to the behind you. And does your energy shift? Where are you feeling that? So when I stand with my palms open, I feel it in my heart. I feel a warm sensation. When I turn my palms the opposite facing backwards, I feel rooted in my feet, my legs. I feel the ground, I feel the earth. So that's a lot of different ways that you can mess with hand movement and posture in a social setting. And I'm interested to get some feedback on that. Standing up straight, shoulders back, right? Again, it's that confidence that on the inside, you might be really going crazy, but it's showing others that you have confidence and you're willing for them to come up and talk to you. Arms crossed is, yeah, not so much. Shoulders back and sitting up straight, it feels good. Whoa, it totally shifted. What shifted for you? What was that? Was that the palm practice? Or was that just being able to put your shoulders back? I love that you're getting the energy, right? It's that, that's what's crazy is if you're new to energy and you're new to this and being mindful, intuitive, it's great when you can feel that energy connect. Palm practice, nice, great. Which, which palm practice did you prefer? Did you prefer the out or did you prefer the in? That's what I'm really curious about. It's different for me. I, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm, I was practicing it at home today because I knew I was going to work with you guys. And I was like, man, when my palms are facing forward, it was just like, yeah, I'm ready. But as soon as I turned them around, felt the planting in my feet, right? That is the one posture gesture that you can do when you know someone is going to approach you that could be the ego, right? So if we know ego is coming at us, kind of need to brace ourselves, right? Palms back. If you know someone is loving and kind, mess with those palms, put them forward and let them bring that energy into you. That's powerful. Because when someone is in your presence that has and carries that light within them, that they will give you, guaranteed. So this is the best one, right? So cool that a simple smile can change you, can change the people around you, can change a complete stranger. And there's nothing better than just smiling at yourself in the mirror, even driving down the freeway on the interstate, someone cuts you off and you just smile. 
it changes your whole mindset. That's inner confidence, right? When you know that someone can cut you off and you're not going to flip them off, but you can smile and say, that was not intentional. Maybe they're late for a doctor's visit. Maybe they, um, who knows? Who knows what their story is? Who cares, right? They didn't hit you. They cut you off. They slowed you down by seconds. So smile, knowing that you have the inner confidence to handle that situation, right? Socially, when you smile, it it can just dumbfound some people, right? They're, they're, they're not expecting it. Um, my daughter and I, we were told all the time, we have a resting bitch face. So yeah, it's something that we have to practice because I remember being in high school and the janitor telling me, smile, you always look so pissed off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, you don't realize, but your facial features are telling others about your confidence, right? And when you smile, it naturally warms the heart and says, this is a good place. We're in a good place. We're safe, right? So practice that. Smile. Give me some feedback. How does that feel? Smiling improves our mood. It makes others respond positively. You can practice this in the grocery store, right? Great social setting, complete strangers. You're walking by them. Look at them, smile. I've been floored where people don't smile back and I'm like, okay, that's not my problem, but try it again. Keep trying. You're going to get a smile. And it's amazing when your two energies connect and two complete strangers smile. There's, you feel it, you feel it in your heart. You feel it in your soul. That's the energy I'm talking about. That's, that's good energy, right? And if someone isn't willing to share their smile with you, that's okay. Maybe they're distracted by, you know, who knows, but they saw it, they recognized it. And a lot of times, as soon as they passed you, they're probably like, oh my God, she just smiled. I can't believe I didn't smile back. You know, so that whole framework goes off in their mind, but that's a good practice to smile and work on yourself, right? So that's building inner confidence. You can smile at yourself without a mirror, in front of the mirror. It, it's shocking how many clients I have had that when we do the mirror work, they, they cannot do it, right? Smile at yourself in the mirror. I can't, I can't even look at myself in the mirror. Why? I don't have confidence. Why? I don't love myself. They don't say that right away, but that's where we get to, right? They look in the mirror and they see the flaws. They see that I'm heavy. They see that I have acne. They see that I'm getting older and I have wrinkles. They see their stories that they've created in their minds. And it's heartbreaking to hear these women that are beautiful souls and they can't look in the mirror. And if you can practice that daily, even not in front of a mirror, but if you can just start smiling internally and if you can do it in front of the mirror, that it's amazing because I want you to know if you can't, you're not alone. I would say more than half of the clients that I've coached 
it took months and months before they could look at the mirror, look at themselves in the mirror and appreciate and have gratitude for what's looking back at them. I smile almost at everyone, 90% of the time they smile back. But when they don't, I just move on, even though sometimes my ego comes out and I think, what is their problem, right? Who cares what their problem is? That, that's, that's our ego stepping into it, right? We have to get to a place where we don't care what other people think about us. That's where the true inner confidence is gonna bloom. When we can stop and realize that we don't care what other people think, when we give that smile and they don't smile back, that's okay. Because we don't know, we don't know their story, you know, and it's okay. We gave that smile as a gift. And if anything, it was a gift to us because it feels so damn good when we give to others, right? When we pay it forward, when we um, are in that Starbucks line and someone pays us and you pay them and you know it just keeps going and going and going and there's no better gift than gratitude and gratitude is what is going to water and feed and blossom your inner confidence guaranteed the more you give to others the better you're going to feel about yourself and the more your inner confidence is going to bloom so smiling We've touched on that. So, so important. It's such a beautiful gift. And the other is eye contact. This is one of my um, big ones. I, I don't know how, but I became really good at it. And um, I can't stand when other people don't give it back. Um, I work on it because I know that it's not easy for people to give eye contact and that's okay but at least give me something to go off of because the first thing I think of with the eye contact is if you're not giving me my attention, what, what's going on, right? So if, if you can't look me in the eye when I'm talking to you, what's going through your mind, right? We know, we've learned it, it's confidence, but sometimes it's more than confidence and that's an instinct and an energy that these people can bring to you. And that's a gift that you could start learning is they're not giving eye contact because they're untrustworthy and something that can be practiced and learned the more you learn energy work. So your gift to people is eye contact. Listen to what people are saying, give them eye contact. Um, Again, right? Same thing. You're in the store. You're smiling. Maybe you're not smiling. Maybe you just make eye contact. But I'll tell you what, it's hard to make eye contact and not smile because people are going to think, God, what the hell is she staring at me for? What is she? Why? What? Right? So throw a smile, eye contact, see what happens. Um, it's an amazing feeling when it's reciprocated back. The next thing is being mindful of the tone of your voice. Um, I have a hard time making eye contact with someone when I'm intimidated. Nice, right? So, so intimidation and ego 
kind of go hand in hand, right? Intimidation is your ego saying that you're not good enough to talk to this person, right? That you have this intimidation of not being good enough, not being worthy enough. That's when a powerful question comes into play. Is this true? Right. So when you realize that you're not making eye contact with someone, check yourself. What's happening? Who is this person that's talking to me that I can't make eye contact with? Right. One, are you being truthful with them? Two, do you feel that they're not being truthful with you? Because it's hard to make eye contact with someone when you know they're not being truthful with you. However, that's going to intimidate that person even more when you know they're not being truthful and you're directly looking in their eye going, yeah, really? So kind of do a mind check, think what's going on here. Am I intimidated because I feel um, that, you know, something is going on that I don't feel like I'm equal to, or that there's something going on at play. Ask powerful questions. Is it true? Is it real? Why, why, why are you not worthy if that's the case? Right. Because guaranteed you are. Yes, we all need to practice eye contact for sure. It's it's so powerful. It's so powerful when you can look into someone and just zone in on their eyes. And um, in fact, at the retreat, we did it. Um, it's called um, eye gazing. And you have to stare at a complete stranger for three minutes. I believe it was three minutes. It seemed like eternity and trying not to blink. And you are looking deep into that person's eyes and into their soul. And it's amazing what comes up. One woman that I was gazing with started crying and I felt her energy and I energetically hugged her. And that's when she started crying. And it was so powerful, the connection that we get as human beings with each other, when you just are able to look in someone's eyes and that is another thing that can be played out in the bedroom, in the social, in business, right? Eye gazing, eye contact, so, so powerful. So let's go back to being mindful of the tone of your voice. Um, gentle, control voice, confident voice, right? I was given permission tonight to tell you about an experience that we had at the retreat um, with a long time friend of mine. And I've noticed it for a while. And I noticed it in this setting with a group of strangers that when she is in a group setting or any social environment, her voice changes. It gets really high pitched and something I normally do not hear when we're out to lunch or when we're having conversation is always around people in groups and usually particularly when she doesn't know people, but her voice gets really high and childlike most, you know, like a child. So we were doing some work that night and I said, hey, I just got finished coaching her and I said, can I ask you a question or can I, are you open to something? I would never do this as a coach, um, but would you allow me 
to ha- give you some feedback on something that I've, that I've witnessed that you do. And she's like, absolutely. I'm wide open. Give it, lay it on me. So I told her, I said, I feel that when you're, I see that when you're with people, strangers, that your voice changes and that you become this person that I don't recognize. And what do you think that is? And she sat and she thought, and she said, oh my God. She said, you know, I know exactly what it is. I am, I come from four siblings. I'm the youngest of four. And I always had to fight to get attention. And when I walk into a room, I'm terrified that people are not going to like me. And when she said that, it was so profound because I had picked up on the childlike voice and she was reliving that through her child. Her inner child comes out and wants to be liked, wants to be noticed, wants attention. So that was so amazing to witness because we had two days left of the retreat that I was able to see her mindfully check that, check the tone. And at one point she started and visibly shifted and dropped the tone, became more confident and more sure of herself because that's what we were saying. Who cares if these people like you? We don't know them. Who cares if they like you? You love yourself. You like yourself, right? You don't need validation from complete strangers. You do not need to put on this persona of someone that you're not, this child coming out of you. There's a time and a place to let your child, your inner child play. And with strangers, it's not, it's dangerous. And what she was doing was attracting people that she has nothing in common with. And when I said that to her, I said, if you think about what you're saying to these people, it's so out of character because you have no interest in this, but this is what I witness you doing. And thankfully she was so open for, right? I I don't wanna say criticism because it was just an awareness, right? If she would have come back and said, no, I do that because that's how I get excited. And that's the voice, my chain, right? Okay. But I was just watching her and knowing that the interaction was not genuine. The words were not genuine. And she was able to name it and say, holy shit, that you're so right. I have no interest in doing this with these people. And I just want to be liked by them. I feel that need to be liked. So when we feel ourselves doing that, I, you know, do, does your voice change? And this is one thing that I've, I've mentioned, you know, I know to my kids and my husband, but we treat our friends so much differently than we treat our loved ones. You could actually be in a fight with your husband, man, you going at it. The phone rings. It's your best friend. You're like, Hey girl, what's up? Math. It's, it's disturbing how we 
do that with our voice. And when you can remain calm, the work that really needs to be done for most of us is how we treat others. And where I'm going with this is when we're calm and we're confident and we are monotone, that is inner confidence, right? And working with that, with the people we love the most is where we can benefit. That's the practice because we're so hard on our loved ones. And I know for one that I'm the most hard when I'm not feeling confident. If I'm not feeling well, if I, if I, if I feel bloated or I feel like heavy or I feel anything, man, my husband gets it right. If I, you know, and and that it's the confidence. So when you can check that at the door and say, man, let's keep that tone of that voice, calm, steady, smooth. It really helps build that inner confidence. And that's a lot in any situation. I'm interested to hear if anyone here tonight has that, right? Do you find that your voice changes with the people you love? Do you find, you know, when we're angry, right? That ego comes out, we yell, we scream. It's almost like a different ego. It is, it's a, what do they call it? It's, you know, these, these different personalities come out, the tone of our voice changes. Going to a comment, I always used to walk into a room and want people to like me until my 104-year-old mother-in-law changed my life. She told me, next time I walk into a room, look around and see who you like. It's like playing offense in life instead of defense. Oh my God. Yeah. That gave me chills because so much energy is wasted on trying to bring in those people that we don't even like, that we don't want to have a relationship with. And so much time is lost engaging with the people that we would truly have an interest with, right? So it's all ego. It's all, like she said, it's all defense. It's wise words from a very wise woman that has lived many, many lifetimes. And what a blessing that she gave you to tell you that. We need a lot, lot of teachers like that. And they're there if we will listen. They're there. We just have to listen to these great teachers that have been put in front of us. So this goes hand in hand with becoming a better listener. Um, so important, right? We're in a social situation and what is happening? Are you listening to the person that you're talking to? Or are you trying to listen to all the conversations around you when that person is right here looking you in the eye, but you're darting off here, right? Are you giving them your undivided attention? It's one of my biggest pet peeves. I even did 
an eight week course on how to communicate like a Buddhist and it it's transforming. Um, it really just highlighted that um, when we interrupt people that we don't value the time that they're giving us to talk to us, that when you interrupt people, you're not listening to what they're saying and that you really don't care what they're saying. That's in a nutshell. They didn't say it like that, but that was my takeaway. That's how my perspective. So when I work at it, because I have to, because that is my mirror work, mirror work means that when something is irritating the shit out of you, you hold a mirror and you say, why is this irritating me so much? And 100% of the time, maybe 99% of the time I've done mirror work once and I couldn't get it. It did not reflect, but 99% of the time it's because you do it. So interrupting is something that I do. I used to do a lot. I work so hard at not doing it. When I do it, I feel dirty. I feel horrible. I, you know, it's, it's just something that I cannot stand when someone interrupts me. I've gotten to where I go, well, you interrupted me and that's not attractive. So it, when you can give your undivided attention to someone that is talking to you and look them in the eye, that's the key, right? We're looking them in the eye. We are looking at their soul. We are listening to what they say, and we truly care about what they say. That is inner confidence. When nothing can penetrate that between you and them, that's inner confidence. That is saying that I care enough about you because I care enough about myself to give you 100% of my undivided attention to hear what you have to say. And it's really hard because you can get people that just like to talk and talk and talk. That's where the work begins, right? So listening to what people have to say without interruption and with eye contact is going to boost and water and grow your inner confidence so much more than a lot, right? Self-gratitude, all of that. Gratitude is also part of listening. You're giving them gratitude for what they have to say. I have so much work to do with listening. It, it, it is all the time, all the time. We have to work at it daily. It does its practice. It's daily practice. It's almost like a meditation. It is a form of meditation. When someone else can suck you into the, what they're saying and you can remain listening, it's, it's a meditation. How do you handle when someone keeps interrupting you and won't let you talk? Ah, check your ego and see why you're needing to talk. Why is it so important that you're needing to talk? Probably isn't. So if it, or it can wait, right? So check the ego. What is it that I have to say? Am I trying to be competitive in their conversation and their story? 
and I want to compare what they're doing? Or is it an engaging conversation to where, wait, let me, let me interject because most of the time when you check, it's usually ego. Ego has a lot to do with, Hey, I just, I just want to give you, I did, Hey, I did it too. I want this too. Oh yeah. I did that too. When you find yourself not chiming in, it feels really good, right? We don't have to always say, oh yeah, I did that too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. Oh, silence. Because when you give them silence, they're gonna shut up eventually and say, are you listening or, you know, right? That's your time. So let them guide you into, it's your turn. Okay, guys, sorry. So I'm going back up the list. Sorry. Uh, I noticed that my friends changed drastically around men. Okay, so that's going back a, a couple steps, but I wanted to hit that one because that is so, so many of us, right? We, we change around the other sex, right? You see men change, you see women change. And when you notice them doing it, it's not attractive, Right. So just like the instance I gave, I was like, whoa, holy shit, what's happening with her? Right. I was able to ask her as a friend, hey, I recognize this is what's going on. When your friends are doing it, maybe you have that relationship to one time, some night, maybe you can sit down and say, hey, I, 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 are you interested in some feedback? Or, you know, maybe not, but just know that it's confidence. They don't have the inner confidence to be who they truly are. They feel the need to showcase and showboat and act like a different person. And when they do that, they're going to attract the wrong person, right? You're going to attract someone that thinks that's who you are. When in reality, that's not who you are. That is not who you are around your friends. That is not who you are around your family. So that's what's happening in this world today is so many young men and women are acting like they're a different person when they're out in a social environment. And when they start dating these guys or these girls, they're like, what is happening? You are not the person I met that night in the bar. You know, you, you're quiet, you're shy or whatever, or the opposite. You're a complete asshole and you were, you pulled a fast one on me. So you're doing yourself no justice by faking it. It, it goes back to so much. We're going to talk about apps and social media too, because that that's another one, but just know that when you see that have compassion for them because they have no inner confidence and they're just trying to be someone, be liked. Um, and maybe it is coming from a place of trauma. Maybe it is a, an inner child trauma, a an adolescent, a teenage trauma that is hijacking them in that moment and they just don't realize it. So a good friend, when done right, could help put that in check. That's Thank you for that. That's amazing. I interrupt so much and I was thinking it was part of my ADHD. Hmm. No, I don't, I am not an expert in ADHD, but I would 
almost guarantee you it's your ego, right? You are just wanting to participate in that conversation and feel liked. You're wanting attention. You're wanting to feel equal to them, right? Try it. Try it and see if you can control it. Like I said, I, I do not know anything about that in ADHD, but I will say that with practice and mindfulness, even ADHD symptoms can be controlled with meditation and mindfulness. So I'd be really, really interested in hearing feedback from you after you've practiced this and how you have been able to succeed at it. Yeah. And you can, you can practice it in the mirror. Absolutely. That's so good. And you so our husbands and our boyfriends and our loved ones and our partners are great. Great. They're always here. Let's practice on them. Let's practice on the loved ones because those are the most important people in our life. And those are the people, like I said earlier, that we lash out at. So give them your attention and your time and you know, when I came back from this retreat, I was there for four days. I was heavily meditated. And the first thing my daughter said was, oh my God, I can see a difference in you. And it was, oh, hell yeah. Because I was so calm and collected. And I mean, we meditated three times a day yoga, right? So it was, you see the t-shirt. I had that t-shirt on heavily meditated and it works, but there's meditation practices like mindful listening that we can do with others that are such a gift. What do you do when you are with someone that never stops talking? I literally get drained and I feel my energy is completely leaving my body. My God, it happens to me all the time. It happened to me the other night we had an open broker open and that's when you just politely say, excuse me, I've got to go somewhere, make an excuse. I've got to go to the restroom. I would love to read, to catch you at an, another time, but right now I have to be somewhere else and use your husband as an excuse. Use your children as an excuse, use anything that's there that you can say, I have got to get somewhere and, but just gently, tenderly say, thank you. I am so sorry. I've got to, you know, out of here. I hope that helped. Thank you. This information is fabulous. Yes. Thank you. It'll be posted tomorrow. Hopefully I'll have it. Um, you have a gift of a guided meditation too. So that's on the blog now. So, um, tonight, maybe before you go or tonight, um, hop on and do the guided inner confidence meditation and um, drop me an email or message me and let me know how that went. Okay. So becoming a good listener means no judgment, no competition, and no trying to one them up, right? Just listen. And that's when we find ourselves, right? When we need to interject, why? Check the ego. Is that real? So nothing shows more kindness and more confidence than listening. Um, social media. This is the big one. Um, we love it. We fucking hate it, right? It is something that is destroying our children. 
It's destroying us. Um, there is, let me read this. Research shows that the more time people spend on Facebook and Instagram, the more they compare themselves socially. This social comparison is linked, among other things, to lower self-esteem and higher social anxiety. Researchers working at Facebook observed that the more people looked at content where people were sharing positive aspects of their lives on the platform, the more likely they were to compare themselves to others, right? So when you see your friends and family or your friends always having a great time, right? You find yourself comparing, comparing yourself to them. They're so happy. Their life is perfect. Their marriage is perfect. Oh my God, look at the perfect boyfriend. It's bullshit. You're not posting your fights. You're not posting all your stuff, the drama behind the scenes. Of course, you're only posting this Photoshopped picture of you guys acting maybe not even acting, right? It's probably, it's real, can be real, but so much of it is crap. And we find ourselves comparing ourselves to each other. And back to this research is there are distinctions to be made, but depending on which social media platform a person is using. Researchers at the University of Lorraine, France, consider that social media platforms should not be lumped together. They found that the use of Facebook and Instagram is associated with lower well-being, while Twitter is associated with more positive emotions and higher life satisfaction. It's interesting. One possible explanation, Facebook and Instagram are known to be placed for positive self-preservation, or sorry, presentation, unlike Twitter, where it is more appropriate to share one's real opinions and emotions. And it's true, right? People were being shut down on Twitter for being real, right? They're not posting Photoshopped images on Twitter. They're expressing their verbal opinions. So it makes complete sense. Interesting. Thank you, France, for coming up with that study. So the next time you reach for your phone and you scroll through your feed, I want you to ask yourself, these powerful questions that we were speaking of. Is this necessary? One, sit in that before you go to your Instagram or your Facebook tonight. Is this necessary? How do I feel when I get off social media? You can drop that in the comments now because, right? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel tired? Another powerful question is what else can I be doing with my time to better myself? Perhaps 15 minutes of meditation, right? Hop on that meditation I made this morning for you. That's my gift to you. It's probably nine minutes. Get some inner confidence, do some meditation instead of grabbing your social media tonight, tomorrow morning. If that's one thing that you do first thing in the morning, put your phone somewhere else. So you have to get up, you have to go to the bathroom, you have to do something. Try not to let that be the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night. It's killing your self-esteem. All right, business. So this is in the workplace. 
everything we just spoke about can 100% be implemented, implemented in the workplace, right? All of it. The only real difference, I have a couple of them, is ask effective questions in the workplace, right? So some of those would be, how do you increase your knowledge at the workplace? Don't be afraid to go to your boss and say, how can I do my job better? We are always learning. There, there is nothing worse and more egotistical than someone that says, I know it all because you do not. We are always learning every single day. And if you're not, your brain is dying. So if you go to your boss or your other coworkers that do another job than you or something else, right? Ask them, hey, what are you doing? Will you teach me how to do this? Right. And if they are, why? I just want to learn. I want to learn something new, trying to build my inner confidence. And I think this is really great for it, whatever. So, I mean, right. It's learning something new in the workplace is going to give you that inner confidence. If you don't feel comfortable asking someone at work, there is a thing that's been out for a few years. It's called google.com. And it's amazing. You can Google it and you can say, Hey, how do I do this in this? How do I do this? Because I'll tell you, I am self-taught and I learn from the internet. I take online courses and I'm constantly educating myself. I am on the CDC website and all this stuff, learning and educating myself on vaccinations and food and the FDA and all of it. So educate yourself is going to build your self-confidence, inner confidence. Ladies, this is where it's at. It's not on the exterior, it's interior. The mind, the heart, the soul is where you're going to get this inner confidence. Dress with confidence, right? I'm not a proponent on, you know, oh my God, I have to be, look this certain way. However, when you dress with confidence and you feel good in what you're wearing, you are going to feel good about yourself, which is going to give you inner confidence. There's nothing worse than wearing jeans that are too tight and you feel everything falling over and that's all that's on your mind, right? So all day you're thinking about, oh my God, my stomach has the muffin top. I can't, right? Put on some different pants, put on something that feels better before, prepare the night before, try on your clothes before you get up early in the morning and you're throwing something on and you feel like shit when you walk out the door, right? So it's preparing yourself for the next day, knowing that what you are wearing, you feel good, you feel comfortable. And then again, check the ego. Why am I wearing this? Is it to attract someone's attention or is it to have me feel good about myself? If you're doing it to attract someone, that is your ego. That is not going to build your inner confidence because when you don't get the attention that the ego wants, it's going to backfire and then you're going to spiral down and you're going to lose all that momentum you've gained. And that goes to accepting that you're not perfect, right? We are not perfect. Our bodies are not perfect. No one is perfect. Every single one of us has something that is bothering us inside and it's our little secret, right? So know that 
and have compassion for others. When you see people changing their voice, acting different ways, when you can recognize what's going on, that too is gonna build your inner confidence because you're having compassion for someone else, that is a gift, right? Celebrate your small and big wins. And what this means is in the workplace is that every step up that ladder, every raise, no matter small or large, right, is a win. You work from home, right? There's, there's little wins every day, every week, every month. Celebrate those wins. Treat yourself. Whether it's something that you've been wanting, something as small as, you know, treating yourself to a Starbucks or a pedicure, manicure, or a massage. Maybe it is that new outfit that you want to wear to work, right? Celebrate all those little wins, not just the big wins. The other big thing that also plays in social, but most, a lot in the workplace because we get sucked in is gossip. Stop talking shit about other people because when you do, it makes you feel bad. And if you don't feel bad, you don't have a good soul. So stop talking about people and stop having and start having compassion for people. When you see people in the workplace and you hear people in the workplace talking about other people, that's kind of like we were talking about with how do we walk away from someone that keeps talking? Find an excuse to walk away. Oh my God, I've got to go to the bathroom or I've got to make a phone call. I've got to step away, right? Do not engage in gossip. It hurts our soul. It's so hurtful to other people and it just makes us feel gross. So that is social and business. Has anything come up for you guys? Okay. How do you balance judgment and compassion? I feel myself getting frustrated with others because of how they act or dress. Okay. My God, this is a good one because this is so me. Um, yeah, this is tough because it, it, this is bad for me. So I am one that again, at the retreat, I had to do a lot of work around. I don't want people to look at me. That was my, I went in saying, don't look at me. I don't want people to look at me. I go into Home Depot or Lowe's. I, ah, I can't stand attention. I never dress, dress, showing or revealing myself, hiding something. And it was crazy because when I did the work and I mirrored and I meditated two days into it, we were doing some heavy chanting. The music was so loud for a reason. And when it came to me, I just, I was crying hysterically because I realized that it wasn't the other people that I was afraid of looking at me. It was, I wasn't looking at myself. And when I was aware of that, it was so profound and so powerful that it did help me 
realize that when I see other people dressing risque and wanting, again, that judgment saying that they're wanting attention is it's easier when you can have compassion for them. So when you see people doing that and we have friends, family, right? Sit back and say, who cares, right? It's not you, it's them. And again, hold that compassion for them that more than likely they're dressing that way to attract something, right? Or maybe they love dressing that way. Maybe they loved that dress and they felt sexy in it. So who are we to judge them is the gift that we can give ourselves. We can't be judgmental because we don't know their story and it doesn't matter what their story is. Who cares, right? No one cares about you, but you, right? So when you can give that gift to someone else and hold them and give them that energy of saying, I'm not sure to yourself, you're saying this, I'm not sure why you're wearing that, but it's, it's a beautiful dress and maybe look at it differently. And that is work that I, I said, I have to do because I don't dress like that. So it's hard for me when I see people that are dressed like that. However, I will say the Phoenix open, right? We see crazy shit, women in thongs and fishnets. I, to me, that is, they're wanting attention, but I do not know that, right? So I don't know their story. And why do we let that bother us? Why does that bother us? It shouldn't bother us. We should care less what other people are wearing. We you know, we go out of the house and we're so self-conscious about what we're wearing, but right. It goes back to it. We care what we're wearing and all outside shouldn't matter. So it's good work. All I can say is balancing judgment and compassion. When you notice it's happening, it's judgment, right? So flip it to compassion, do the mirror work, right? Why is this bothering me? And see if you can flip it around. So mirror work is always when you find something that irritates you, hold that mirror in front of you, not an actual mirror, right? But you're just it, visualizing yourself in that situation. Why is what they're wearing bothers me? And see if you can turn it around. It bothers me because... Right. Bottom line is we have to get to just compassion. We have to hold a space of compassion for ourselves that it doesn't matter what people wear because it has nothing to do with us. All right, guys, we are at it. We are at let's talk about sex and We've arrived. This is a hot topic that came in a couple of weeks ago, actually a month ago. And I love, love it because I love talking about sex. And um, I'm, I'm super excited to get into this with you guys. So 
She wrote, I want to feel more open with sex instead of feeling shame or guilt. When I first read that, my heart hurt because the first thing I thought of is trauma and not necessarily that she was the victim of trauma, but maybe emotional trauma, maybe trauma from something someone said, or maybe trauma from something she said, a story she created about herself. We all have it. We all get in the bedroom and we feel self-conscious. We feel our minds just start going, right? So again, it's the ego hijacking us at this precious time. Um, we all have a lifetime of stories that we create in our head. The women tonight and listening on replay, I'm sure have had many sexual experiences. Some are just diving into their first encounters. And if we can save those from this experience and make it better from our knowledge and us being teachers, right? Like the 104 year old that has so much knowledge, right? If we can gift that knowledge to these young girls coming up, it's such a blessing because we all have trauma that has happened to us or trauma that has we have created, a story we created. So once you recognize the story, you start dissecting it from that, right? If it's something that someone did to you, if it's something that someone said to you, or if it is something that you said to yourself, we need to pull back and recognize that today we are different people than we were yesterday. Our cells are constantly regenerating, constantly rebuilding. We are different people, we are different life sources. And what happened to us 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, yesterday, 10 minutes ago, is not us in the moment. So we can stop and we can, we have the power to change it. We have the power to change our words. We have the power to change how we feel. We have to do the work. So when you can recognize the trauma. And I'm going to go for tonight words that we've said to ourselves because we all do it. You have to play into that. So what we need to recognize is it's not our fault, right? We need to recognize that what someone did to us is not our fault. What someone said to us is not our fault. What we said to ourselves, like I just said, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, yesterday, we were at a different place today. We have to have compassion and we have to say, I'm sorry. And every day 
we're given that opportunity with every sunrise and every sunset, we're given that opportunity to change it. And every single one of us is entitled to be loved, to feel love, to trust not only ourselves, but to trust the partner that we're sharing our bed with. Because if we cannot trust that person that we're sharing our bed with, we are going to that bed with the intention of only pleasing themselves, pleasing them or pleasing ourselves, And that is not what energy we're wanting to share. Because if you don't love yourself, you don't have the inner confidence to share that gift in the bedroom. So I keep thinking about what happened at this retreat. I had, we were sitting at the table and I was on my phone texting my husband and um, I laughed to myself and she was, what's so funny or something? I, can't, I don't remember how it played out. And I go, I'm sexting my husband, kidding, but I wasn't. And she said, oh, get used. She goes, oh, that's going to change um, how old are you? And I said, I'm 51. And she goes, yeah, that will die off. And she said, you're, she goes, I wrote it down. Cause I had to quote it. You're only 51. She said, wait until you're 60 or you're in your sixties. My friend was by my side at the time. And she said, yeah, right. You don't know Janine. And we both had a good laugh. And I felt sorry for her. Again, heavily meditated. Sorry was not the word I felt. I felt compassion for her and heartbroken for her that she is in her 60s and she's not having amazing sex with her husband. And she literally said, I just watched the clock to wait till it's done. And it was heartbreaking to hear because there are things for that. It's hormone therapy that can help. And there are practices that you can do to have great sex at any age. Um, and just hearing that was what a lot of women think, right? They, they create a story in their mind that they have reached a certain age and they don't have to do this anymore. So it's interesting how that transformed, but good sex, great sex, amazing sex. Your sex isn't discriminated by your age. And that's what I wanted to say tonight. I mean, is that when you lack inner self-confidence and self-love, it will kill your sex life. And I would love for you guys to chime in if you guys have any questions on this or if you have any comments, but this one is so powerful to me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you because I had to write it down. If you knew how powerful sex was, you wouldn't have it with just anyone. And when we sit and we think about that, it, it's amazing how it feels because each time we have sex with someone, whether we're tuned into it or not, there is a spiritual energy exchange occurring as well. And this can affect you positively or negatively 
depending on both people's energy. So if you're wanting to feel confident in the bedroom, right? You need to pick your partner accordingly because their energy will live, can live and stay with you forever. And that's so powerful when we're talking about those egos, those driven egos and those people that we come across in our lives that have that energy that we were talking about earlier. They walk into a room and they, it's not right. They can take that to the bedroom. And when you give yourself to them, you carry and bring in that energy that that stays with you. And when I first read that statement, it was amazing. It was literally only about six months ago that I saw it. And I started doing a lot of research around it and came up with a lot of information around the energy that is exchanged during um, sex. And it it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. We are all energy beings. And when you give your body away to someone and it is not good energy, you carry that and you can cleanse yourself and you can do things to get rid of that energy. But that good energy is what is so delicious, right? The good energy is what we want to carry in the bedroom. So when you're energetically connected, you become one. When you can stop the chatter in your head, when you can quiet your mind and you truly connect with your partner, that is when the most amazing sexual experiences are going to happen, I guarantee. And shutting this off is the number one thing you have to stop, right? So it's how, you know, how do you shut it off? It's being mindful and it's being 100, 100% completely present during sex. And most of the time, hopefully, we are making love with our partner. We're not having sex. Sex comes, right? We all have sex. It's that quick, let's get this done and right. But making love is the difference, right? Sex is quick and fun where making love is 20 minutes, an hour, sometimes hours, right? And that's the energy that you're wanting when you're really connected with someone and you're really engaged. And that's the most amazing sexual experience you can have is when both of your energies are amazing. And regardless of whichever one you're in, you have to stop that negative self-talk, right? You have to stop and say, stop thinking about what you look like, right? Shut the lights off. If you're worried about what you look like, shut the lights off. Um, stop thinking about what you feel like, right? Oh my God, he's going to fill my stomach or he feels my hair on my legs or he feels something, right? What he or your partner is feeling, you are mind fucking yourself when you are in that and he is, you're so worried about what your partner is feeling that you've disengaged from the act itself. So shut the chatter quiet the mind, connect, right? Stop thinking about what you smell like. 
that ladies could be something that you can change in the moment, right? You say, I need to get up and freshen up. I'll be right back. Pre-prep, whatever, right? So pre-plan, pre-prep, get up, change that. Get that out of your head. Pretend to be confident. This is something that you might be thinking, wait, what is she saying? Why are we pretending to be confident? We're trying to build inner confidence. We build inner, inner confidence by pretending. We role play. Okay, so that's where I'm wanting you to go with this. You role play and you bring out that alter ego. Maybe it's someone that you saw on a movie that they were doing something and that turned you on, or maybe you saw that that turned your partner on, role play, right? So pretend that you are that person that brought you excitement and shut your eyes. Seems super weird to do it at first, but it's your little secret because they have no idea what you're doing, but it helps tremendously when you can role play and the more you do it, it's just like feeding our inner confidence. The more you role play, the better you get at it, the less you need it, right? So before you know it, you are not acting the role. You are the role. And then you build on that. You're building, bringing in something new. There's a book I just ordered and I will share it with whoever is interested but it's, it's things that you can do in the bedroom, right? To spice it up and keep it innovative. Marriage is hard work. Relationships are hard work. And when you let it die in the bedroom, it suffers, right? So we have to keep it. We have to role play. We dress up, we pretend, um, you know, and consensual, right? It's all consensual. There are safe words. There's things that you can do with your partner where you feel safe, they feel safe, and it's all consensual, but don't be afraid to role play and be pretend to be confident. Communication. So important because when your partner and you can communicate about your insecurities and about how you're feeling, you're going to bond again, that inner confidence is going to bloom and grow because you're being nurtured. There's nothing more powerful than saying, this is how I'm feeling. Help me. This is how I'm feeling. Guide me, right? Talk to them. How are you feeling? What do you want? How can I please you? Right? So it helps so much when we can dive deep and communicate with our partner openly. That is going to, God, build your inner confidence so much when you can get that off your chest and you can say, hey, I don't like when you go down there because I feel this or I feel that. And, you know, same with that, right? You go how does it feel when I do this to you? How does it feel when I, right? Some it's weird if you've never done it and it's hard if you don't, if it's not reciprocated back and your partner shuts down, but just keep trying. 
And if they don't want to communicate, keep trying without asking, right? Moves, techniques, right? Listening to sounds, listening to motions, listening to energy. There's nothing better than connecting energetically when you can feel their heartbeat, when you can feel their breath, when you can smell them, when you can taste them. That is when we connect energetically. And that is when you're going to have the most amazing sex is when your energies combine into one and you feel you're one because you are one. And that's, that's really the key is just shutting the chatter down, zoning in, you know, if, 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 if you, if, if you can do it a room in silence, that's great. If you need to play music, but there's nothing more primal than listening, feeling, smelling, touching, tasting, right? We are energy. We're primal. We're animals. We see the animals do it. It's that's where it happens. It's, it's energy. And when you can do that and build the confidence and gain that momentum, it gets better and better and better. It's practice, it's meditation. You can do it silently together. It's powerful. So that takes us to the end. It's quiet. You guys have gotten really quiet. Does anybody have anything to say before we leave tonight? All I have to say is inner confidence is something that takes daily practice. It's something that when you work at it, you grow from it in all aspects of your life. You inner confidence is going to shine socially. It's going to shine at the workplace. It's going to shine at home. It's going to shine in the bedroom because when you're confident and you love yourself, that is the gift. The gift is loving yourself enough to let others love you. And when you don't love yourself and you've built up heart walls, you're not letting people in and you're not going to let be able to allow your partner to love you fully to be able to have that great experience in the bedroom. But it's so important for the inner confidence to be fed and nurtured every single day. So the tools that we worked on tonight, I ask that you try them, try cutting out social media, Try limiting your time. Try meditating more. I really look forward to you guys doing the guided inner confidence meditation that I gave you today. You know, blessed to have you guys tonight. Thank you so much for joining me in the moment. I look forward to seeing you next time. And I want you guys all to have a great night. And I will end because I'm heavily meditated. Namaste. If you liked this session today, be sure to register to join us live in the moment. 
For an updated schedule of events and upcoming guests, be sure to head over to JanineRotter.com and check out the events page or find me on my Instagram at my handle in the moment underscore live. I can't wait to see you in the moment.